Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Instructional Design Career Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping new and aspiring instructional designers get the knowledge, skills, and confidence to stand out in the field and land their first corporate instructional design job. I'm your host, Jill Davidian, and think of this podcast as a way to put my over 20 years of corporate ID experience in your back pocket. I've helped over 500 new instructional designers successfully transition into the field, and I know what hiring managers are looking for. Whether you're looking for a career change and exploring if instructional design is right for you, or you know you want to become an ID and have no idea how to get started, you are in the right place. Join me each week for actionable guidance as we explore how to build your portfolio, transform your resume, and interview with confidence. Hi, everyone. So I received an email from a listener with a few really great topic ideas for the podcast. And so today's episode is by request. The listener asked about the different software tools that you need to learn to be hired as an instructional designer or e-learning developer. So I've mentioned Storyline and Rise before, and in fact, I've mentioned them a lot, but what else do you need to know? Job postings often seem to have so many tools listed and it's hard to know which ones are important. I think this is a great topic of discussion because reading those job postings is really overwhelming. You may think you're never gonna learn all these programs and the truth is it would be difficult to, but I'm gonna give you some good news. You don't need to learn them all. I promise you don't. And we're going to talk about that today. So first, I want to tell you what happens often when these job descriptions are written. And then we'll get into the software programs you actually do need to know and how well you need to know them. Okay, so first, many times these job descriptions are written by someone in HR or a hiring manager who has no idea what the job actually entails and a bunch of keywords get thrown in there for no reason. It's like they threw everything in the kitchen sink into this job description. You may be surprised to learn that many hiring managers who hire IDs don't actually have an ID background themselves. They have a management background, which is how they ended up in that position. They're hiring an ID because they need that skill set that they don't have personally. That's not always the case, but it is the case in many situations. Some organizations are really well-established in that they have IDs and they have templates, systems, previous job descriptions, and ways of working in place, and they know exactly what they want. Those job descriptions are probably pretty good. Then there are the other half of companies who have possibly never had an ID before or are early in their journey in discovering how good instructional design can change their training for the better. So they haven't done this before. They don't really know how to write an instructional design job description. They don't know what they don't know, which results in a job description that is a hot mess, literally. So many times there are competing programs in these job descriptions, and you may think you need to know all of them, but a computer isn't using three competing programs. They're just going to pick one. Often they put all these competing programs in because either they don't know better or they just want someone who knows at least one of the programs. They don't really care which one, but they throw them all in for keyword purposes. The second one is pretty common. You may not realize that they're competitor programs though because you're new to the industry. And sometimes they even list programs that are defunct or retired. I just saw an ID job posting for an airline and they wanted someone proficient in Flash. What? Flash went out a couple years ago. It's not even used anymore. So either they have no idea what's going on or they forget to update their old job descriptions. There's all kinds of things happening here, but you don't know that as an aspiring ID. I'm hoping after this episode, not only will you know which programs you need to learn, but also how to read these job descriptions better. Okay, now that that's out of the way, what do you actually need to know when it comes to software programs? You've probably heard me talk about Storyline and Rise if you've listened to any of my other episodes in this podcast. Storyline and Rise are made by a company called Articulate, and they are what are called e-learning authoring tools. 
That means they're tools that actually create e-learning courses that are compatible with a learning management system or LMS. This system is used to track learner progress and completion, track quiz results, make sure that employees are actually taking the training that they're supposed to take. Most major companies have an LMS, so it's a requirement that their e-learning is created in a tool that is compatible with an LMS. Not all tools are. Now, this is very different from Canvas or Blackboard, which are learning management systems and e-learning authoring tools in one. In corporate, Canvas and Blackboard aren't used, and the e-learning authoring tools that are used are not combined with the LMS. They're separate. So you actually create in the e-learning authoring tool, and then it moves over to be uploaded into the LMS. So with all that being said, you must learn at least one e-learning authoring tool, if not two or more. Not all of the different programs that are listed in job descriptions are e-learning authoring tools, so they don't carry the same weight. The e-learning authoring tools are way higher in terms of the weight and how important it is for you to learn than some of the other tools. Storyline is the most commonly used e-learning authoring tool and therefore the core tool that I recommend you learn. Rise comes next, but the percentage of companies using Rise is way less than Storyline. Storyline is PowerPoint-based and in slide format, but has a lot more features to create interactivity, etc. So it's way more powerful than PowerPoint, but it kind of looks like PowerPoint. Rise functions like a web page with sections where you scroll down on each page. So it's like you're kind of creating a website when you create a Rise course versus like PowerPoint with slides when you create a course in Storyline. Storyline has what I would say a medium-sized learning curve. It's not the easiest thing to learn by any means, but it's also not the hardest thing. If you're comfortable with using PowerPoint, some advanced functions of PowerPoint, more beyond the throwing some text and images on a screen, but being able to do some more advanced things with it, then it's going to be a lot easier to learn. But if you are not really tech savvy at all, maybe you haven't used anything like PowerPoint for many, many years, there is going to be a lot higher learning curve. Now, there's a bunch of other things that, to Storyline that you have to learn. We'll talk about those maybe in another episode, like variables and all kinds of things like that. But like I said, it's somewhere in the middle in terms of learning curve. Rise is super simple and anyone can learn it. It really is like a drag and drop tool. You can get a 30-day free trial for both of them. Not 30 days each. It's 30 days for both because they come together. And you will have to create samples for Storyline and Rise to put into your portfolio. Storyline for sure at a minimum. That is the one tool, if you're going to learn one, that you 100% have to learn. Everything else comes after. Now, this is incredibly difficult to create good samples in 30 days because it is going to require a lot of revision. A lot of times the first sample that you create is not the best thing that you've ever done. And it often takes several months to really get it right. So that being said, if you are going to try to maximize a 30-day free trial and not purchase the software or join a program like Applied Instructional Design Academy, where we give you access to the software, you're just going to use that 30-day free trial. You need to make sure that when you get that free trial, the day you sign up for it, you are ready to hit the ground running and you really have a lot of time to maximize that 30 days. You cannot waste any time. Now, after that is a tool called Captivate. So we talked about Storyline and Rise. Captivate comes next. Captivate used to be the main tool that was used in e-learning back in 2005. But when Storyline came into the picture, probably about 10 years ago, Captivate went out. It's always been really glitchy, really hard to work with, and it has a super steep learning curve. If you think something should be done intuitively a certain way in Captivate, 
Adobe thought about that too and decided to do the exact opposite. It's the most unintuitive tool ever. People call it Craftivate, Captivate, and they don't call it those things for no reason. It really is not used a whole lot and it's very hard to learn. So I would suggest not learning Captivate because you're really not getting a whole lot of bang for your buck. You're spending a lot of time and effort and energy and frustration learning a tool that's barely used. So that's why I don't talk about it that much. I actually stopped taking contracts from companies that asked me to develop and captivate and stopped paying for a license because I had been paying for a license for like two years and nobody ever asked me to do anything. And so I just said, I'm not going to do this anymore. And whenever I would get the one-off request, like once a year to do something and captivate, I would just say, no, it just wasn't worth it. Now, supposedly they're supposed to be coming up with this like brand new version that's going to be new and improved, but I'm honestly not holding my breath. If you see Captivate in job descriptions, a lot of times you'll see it with Storyline and Rise because they're just listing all the tools that they can think of and they really don't need somebody to do all of them like I was saying earlier. So if you ever see it listed with Storyline and Rise, just know that if you know Storyline or Rise, especially Storyline, you should be good. Don't worry about not knowing Captivate. Now, if they list Captivate and they don't list Storyline and Rise, chances are they may actually use Captivate. But it's really up to you if you want to learn that as well so that you're more marketable. Just know it will take a good amount of time. And I would not learn it in place of Storyline. I would learn it after Storyline and after Rise as well. Now, the only other e-learning authoring tool that occasionally comes up is Lectora, which is super old, mostly used in government organizations, mostly for companies that have to create 508 compliant training, which means the training has to be accessible which is a whole nother topic, but most corporations are not doing that right now. It's mostly only government entities. And so sometimes they will still use Lectora, but almost always Lectora is only used in government. So it doesn't come up often at all in corporate. Now, some grad schools do teach you how to learn Captivate if they teach you tools at all. A lot of them don't even teach you any tools, but if they do, it's often Captivate. And so you might say, well, grad school is teaching Captivate. Why would they teach it if it's not really used? Well, unfortunately, grad schools often do a lot of things that don't actually manifest themselves in the real world. And so one of the reasons why they often teach Captivate is because it's cheaper. You can pay for Captivate monthly versus Articulate is yearly and it's a lot more expensive. But the problem is cheap does not mean that people are actually using it. Companies care that you know the tools that they use. They don't care that you learn the cheapest tool. That's not going to help them. So unfortunately... You may be thinking that as well. I'm just going to get this tool because it's cheaper. If it's not the tool that's most used in the field, it's not really going to matter. So just keep that in mind. Okay, let's move beyond e-learning authoring tools, which are at the top of the totem pole, like I said. And let's move down to tools which are considered to be supplementary. You see all kinds of these on job descriptions, I'm sure. And there's so many of them that I honestly can't go through all of them, but I'm going to tell you the ones that are most important and come up the most. The two used most often that I would definitely recommend learning to make yourself more marketable in addition to Storyline and Rise are Camtasia and Beyond. Camtasia is C-A-M, like Mary, T-A-S-I-A. Beyond is V like Victor, Y-O-N-D. Both are tools used to create videos. These videos are often used in the context of what we call micro-learning, which are short learning nuggets that you can create for an organization. Say, for example, a five-minute video, two-minute video, like a TikTok video, 
For more information on the different learning methods like e-learning and how does that compare to micro-learning, you can see the episode that I did on the different types of learning delivery methods, and that will give you more information there. But Camtasia and Beyond are usually used to make micro-learning, like I said. They can be used to make longer videos, especially Camtasia, but that's often what they're used for in ID. Camtasia is a regular video editing tool that you can pull in real footage, or you can use it for what's called software simulations, which is where you're recording your screen teaching a certain software with audio, and you can annotate it with callouts, etc. Now, Beyond creates animated videos. You can create videos around scenarios that you make up, or you can do a whiteboard style video. You may have seen them in commercials where you see a handwriting across the screen and then you see it wipe off and then something else and some little stick figures come on the screen. They have lots of templates and so you're not creating these things from scratch. So don't think you're gonna have to do any drawing or anything like that. They have lots of templates available to create these scenes with characters and props and all kinds of stuff like that. Both of these tools are used pretty frequently, usually to teach something short. Many times instructional designers will use these tools in conjunction with e-learning tools and they'll put them into their Storyline or Rise course, but they can also be used on their own. Now, can you get a job without learning these tools? Yes, absolutely. They're maybe used in, I don't know, like 20% of the companies out there, but you don't have to learn them. It just makes you more marketable if you do. In fact, I would say definitely learn Beyond or Camtasia or both instead of Captivate. Now, keep in mind with Beyond, you can't download anything you create in the trial version. It literally won't let you download it. So the only way to put it in your portfolio is to record your screen while the video is playing in Beyond. Now, Camtasia, you can download the video with the trial version. Now, Powtoon is another tool that is a competitor of Beyond. You don't need to learn both, but you can. Beyond is more expensive, but has more capabilities, and I personally like using it more than Powtoon. Some companies have preferences on which one you have experience with, and some are not going to care, especially because these are supplementary tools. Now, beyond that, the Adobe Creative Suite tools are great to learn. The Adobe Creative Suite is a cloud-based combo of a bunch of tools, the three biggest being Illustrator, Photoshop, and Premiere. Illustrator and Photoshop are graphics tools, and Premiere is a video editing tool like Camtasia, but much more powerful and has a higher learning curve. Companies will sometimes use these tools, especially for the graphic editing, etc. They'll never ask you to create graphics from scratch. You're not a graphic designer, but for example, we did a project with the United Nations, and they wanted us to take the avatars that come in Storyline, because Storyline does give you avatars that you can put in your e-learning, they're little characters, and they wanted us to put vests on them, that represent the vest that the UN employees wear. That involved a graphics program that was outside of Storyline, but we didn't have to create the avatars from scratch because they came from Storyline. So if a company did need graphics or animations created from scratch, like for example, on a separate project, we had to create animations of how oil separates from water as it comes out of the ground for a course that I did for an oil company. That needed specific custom graphics. It wasn't like we were just putting vests on existing avatars. Now that would be done by graphic designers or animators, but as instructional designers, we would have to explain what they need to design that would help the learning. So I would have to explain to the graphic designers or animators what I wanted to do and what the graphic should look like, oil separating from water here or there or whatever, because I was thinking through this idea to incorporate into my learning and then they would go build it. They wouldn't come up with the idea themselves. 
So most companies don't have requirements that complex and therefore don't employ graphic designers and animators. But if they do regularly have those needs, they often will hire for that position specifically. If not, it's going to be just doing some editing of graphics like the vests for the avatars for the UN. And a lot of companies don't even do that. Now, I said Adobe Creative Suite, right? And if you remember earlier, I also said that Captivate is an Adobe product. So some people ask me, is Captivate a part of the Adobe Creative Suite? It is not. So the Adobe Creative Suite has a bunch of programs in it that are more graphics, video programs. It does not have any e-learning authoring tools. Captivate was originally from a different company. Adobe acquired them. It's always been like the separate tool that they've never really paid much attention to until now, supposedly with this new version coming out but it is not part of the Adobe Creative Suite. So that's important to understand. So those are pretty much the main programs that you will see. Now there's a bunch of smaller random programs out there. And honestly, if I tried to list every program that came up in a job description, we would be here all day. But if you wanna capture 90% of what's in the job postings out there, pay attention to the programs I just mentioned. More specifically, Articulate, Rise, Camtasia, and beyond. Maybe the Adobe Creative Suite. That's going to take care of the majority. The rest of the programs might not be worth your time to spend all that time learning for one niche job that's asking for some obscure program. Now, from time to time, you may see things like HTML, CSS, or some other letter acronyms that you don't know. 10 times out of 10, really 10 times out of 10, when I've seen those in job descriptions, it's kind of like that flash example I gave earlier where they throw everything in the kitchen sink in there hoping something sticks. And they're really not things that are used that much anymore, or they don't even know what they're used for half the time. I would ignore those and apply anyway. I know very little HTML, never learned CSS, never really learned JavaScript. JavaScript can be used to do some cool things. But when you see that, a lot of times that's why they have it in there, because they heard it can be used to do some cool things. They don't actually care if you know it. I never learned those things, and I was able to get through just fine. Of course, the more you know, the more marketable you are, but just know that a lot of these other programs besides the ones I just mentioned are really extra. The last tip I wanna give you is even if you don't have experience with all the programs mentioned in the job description, apply anyway. I hope you've got that from everything I've said today, but just in case you didn't, I wanted to be really clear that Do not wait until you know every single software program mentioned before you apply, because chances are that's never going to happen. The e-learning authoring tools themselves are going to be the most important. If they list an e-learning authoring tool and it's the only e-learning authoring tool they mention and you don't know it, that could possibly be a problem. But if they list a bunch of them and you at least know one, you should be fine. If you know at least the e-learning authoring tool they mentioned, but you don't know the five obscure supplementary tools that they've mentioned, apply anyway. Don't worry about knowing every single thing. But of course, you want to learn as much as you can so you can be as marketable as you can. So I hope this was helpful for you. And I hope you know a little bit more about what software programs you need to learn in order to get an instructional design or e-learning development job. And I hope to see you on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Instructional Design Career podcast. I hope you've gained valuable insights that will help you on your instructional design journey. Did you have a moment of clarity? Maybe you have some additional questions. Let's discuss in my Facebook group, which can be found in the description below and in the show notes at learningstrategyanddesign.com slash podcast. 
If you love the show and want to hear more, follow the podcast and give me a rating and review. Let me know if there's a specific topic you'd like me to cover or a guest you'd like me to have on the show. You can also check out more resources for breaking into instructional design on my website, learningstrategyanddesign.com. Stay tuned next week as I bring you more tips, tools, and strategies to jumpstart your instructional design career.